1: Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R A M
0: slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply.
1: Here you go. Here you go. Country. Word of the day. Today, Friday, December eleventh, two thousand twenty, is country as in country music. Who's your favorite country music artist? I like Casey Musgraves, or is it Casey Musgrave? I saw her perform at an awards show, immediately fell in love with her and her music. I actually like country music. Nashville, country, Nashville, Nashville. Why am I talking about Nashville? Coca, have you ever been to Nashville? I'm talking about Nashville because they're trying to get a baseball team in Nashville, and they thought that it'd be good to put together an ownership group. I would think Justin Timberlake may be in that group, but I could be wrong. I do know someone who was in that group and was until yesterday. His name is Dave Dombrowski. Dave Dombrowski is a general manager in baseball. He was the general manager of the Montreal Expos before I got to Montreal. He bailed for Montreal when that team was being sold. He then went to Florida. Actually, he bailed a few years before it was being sold. He went to Florida. And in 1997, Dave Dombrowski won a World Series with the Marlins. He was the GM, first GM of that team. Then he left and went to Detroit. He took with him a lot of employees from Florida and he went to Detroit and he built a team for a couple of years. They were good. He signed a bunch of big contracts. They never won the World Series, but they made it to the World Series, yada yada yada. He left there. He then went to Boston. Did okay in Boston, won a World Series, signed a bunch of players, yada yada yada. Then he was fired. I've known Dave Dombrowski since the first day I got into baseball in 1999. We then heard that he was going to be part of an ownership group in Nashville. He finally got a piece of the pie. It's the dream, right, Theo? It's the piece of the pie. You want it. Everyone looked a little askance at that plan because Nashville is not getting a team. No chance. Maybe a stalking horse for expansion, definitely not relocation. It's a great city, by the way. Love Nashville, but not a major league city. It's still an incredibly perfect city, but it's just not, they've, they've got a football team, great football team. Dave Dombrowski was asked about any of the openings this year with GMs, and he said, nope, I am fully committed I have moved to Nashville. I am fully committed to being in the ownership group of a new Nashville team and working hard over the next three years to bring Major League Baseball to Nashville. When that came out, I said to Coca, that is not happening. I don't remember if we covered it on the show. I know it was on a preliminary uh, list for what we were going to put in the show. I simply can't remember whether it actually made it onto a show. But we both agreed that, Dave Dombrowski, if he were to receive a better offer, would leave Nashville so fast that you wouldn't have time to go back to Kid Rock's bar. We heard that Michael Hill was interviewing to be the new Phillies president of baseball operations, along with Josh Burns and Thad Levine. Thad Levine is in Minnesota. He said, I'm going to stay in Minnesota. Josh Burns is in L.A. He said, I'm going to stay in L.A. Mike Hill is a perfect fit for the Phillies for myriad reasons that we've talked about on Nothing Personal, having nothing to do with my personal relationship with him. He's the right choice for that organization. All of a sudden, I get a text from a friend of mine in the media who reports and breaks stories saying, by the way, it looks like Dombrowski is going to Philly. And I responded, Question mark? Emoji? Question mark? Emoji? 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 Question mark? No way. Question mark? It can't be. Well, it's true, ladies and gentlemen. Dave Dombrowski is going to be announced later today as the new president of baseball operations for the Philadelphia Phillies. Hey, John Middleton, what are you doing? Explain to me what the allure is of Dave Dombrowski, whose specialty is to spend your money and fleece a farm system to win at the major league level by giving out contracts to players that are overpays every single time. He'll win for you, but are you in that position? I thought that you said that you lost $145 million in your cut and payroll. I thought that you said that you were going to get rid of Matt Clentak because the tank and rebuild that you did failed, yet you still have Matt Clentak in the organization. You promoted Ned Rice to interim, who is Matt Klintak's lieutenant. You told Dave Dombrowski that you're keeping Matt Klintak, that you're keeping Ned Rice, all of whom will be in the organization, but you are going to come in and you're going to be in charge. Well, what's the deal? Are you hiring Dave Dombrowski to build up the farm system over the next four years and then sprinkle in some signs and some trades and some veterans three or four years down the line? Not going to happen. Not going to work. Dave Dombrowski's specialty would be to come in as a hired gun, not build an organization. It's not what he does. Now, people have argued with me over the last 22 hours that, in fact, Dave Dombrowski did do that in Detroit. Now, this is not personal against Dave Dombrowski. Don't misunderstand. This is not personal against John Middleton. Don't misunderstand. But how do you hire a GM? How do you hire a manager? Now, the cynical person, will say, hold on one second, please. I'm actually recording a show. May I call you back? Thank you. How do you possibly hire a manager? I'm good at hiring a manager. I'll tell you how I hire a manager. Whatever type of manager we had before, I'm going to go opposite. If we had a hard charging, angry disciplinarian, I'm going to hire a powder puff. If I have a powder puff and I need some discipline, I'm going to bring in a military-like manager. General manager, I need someone who knows how to run a business. I need someone who's going to take care of the owner's money as though it is his or hers. I'm going to need someone who has strengths where my organization has weaknesses. If I have problems in the farm or with development, I'm going to bring in somebody with a strong farm and player development background if I have problems with free agents because as an owner and president I get too involved, I need to bring in someone who will not be a psychophant. I need to bring in someone who I respect enough and respects me enough to tell me when I'm wrong, to tell me when I'm being emotional, which I never am, and to tell me that this signing doesn't work, that we're going to be sorry if we sign this player to this number of years because he's not going to be good for that one. You go with someone who will complement your strengths and cover up your weaknesses. That's a pretty good lesson when you're looking for a partner. So many people start businesses. This is my favorite thing, especially in this world right now, let's say a podcast where everyone has a podcast and everyone can start a podcast, which, by the way, makes me so thankful not just to CBS and to Port and to EK and other people at, at CBS, it makes me thankful to Coca. It makes me thankful to the listeners and the viewers of Nothing Personal that you have let us develop into a show that adds value 45 minutes a day to your life. At least I hope it does. Or given our retention rate. Maybe it's only 42 minutes. How come you don't like the last three minutes of the show? I like the last three minutes of the show. How come it is that people start these shows and they want to do it with friends so they get together with people who are not complementary; They are similar. How many podcasts have you listened that have a group of people who are in charge of the podcast that are on the air and there's no back and forth? There's not enough sort of conflict because they're looking for people who agree with their points of view. I crave disagreement. I love when people get into my Twitter at David P. Samson and say to me, I couldn't disagree more with what you said, thinking that that is a problem. That is a great thing. When you are hiring somebody and you are surrounding yourself with people in your organization, if you want to surround yourself with people who agree with you, what exactly is that doing to move your company forward? I've never understood that. It does nothing. Bring in someone who will help you be different, who will help you with your blind spots. Dave Dombrowski will not help John Middleton with his blind spots. John Middleton's blind spots is that he gets involved As he has said himself, if it's a middle reliever, I don't care. Go ahead and do it. But if it's a Bryce Harper, you're damn right I'm involved and I'm going to be the final decision maker. Zach Wheeler, can you believe John Middleton's quote? Zach Wheeler, I wouldn't trade him for Babe Ruth. He needs to bring in a GM or a president of baseball operations who will understand the importance of telling him, listen, John, here's where your team is. Your team stinks. You shouldn't have signed Bryce Harper. You shouldn't have signed Zach Wheeler. Your farm system is not producing anyone of note. We're not developing anyone correctly because you fired everyone. And so I'm going to change that. I'm going to fire every single person you brought in, and I'm going to bring in people who know how to develop. Dave Gombrowski was available all of a sudden. That's the story the Phillies are going to say. The Phillies are going to tell you in their press conference today. You wait for it. This all came together in the last 48 hours, the last 72 hours. What a crock of crap. You're telling me that John Middleton wasn't aware that Dave Dombrowski was out there waiting for a team in Nashville? Andy McPhail, who's in charge of this search, purportedly is the president of the team, wasn't aware he's known Dave Dombrowski for multiple decades. All of a sudden, it became clear that Dave is a fit. Here's when people become available within 24 hours of a six-month search, and all of a sudden, the search changes. When someone gets fired, that was unexpected. When a manager all of a sudden becomes available. Does that sound familiar to all of you people in Los Angeles? When Joe Madden was... Let go from the Cubs, even though on nothing personal, we knew Joe Madden wasn't going to get an extension with the Cubs. We knew that he, Theo, he and Theo couldn't survive together any longer. We knew that Joe Madden would be a free agent. But those people in Los Angeles, they said, Oh my God, Joe Madden's now available. Forget the managerial search. We are firing our manager. We're bringing in Joe Madden right now. I bought that. I really did. That's not the case here. Don't let the Phillies say it. The Dave Dombrowski match in Philly is a match made in H-E double hockey sticks. And the result is that the Mets and the Braves and the Nats and the Marlins did a little bit of this. I'm doing the Snoopy dance. It's a Snoopy dance. We used to do that all the time. A bad signing by a team in our division. A bad trade by a team in our division. Any sort of bad signing, bad managerial hiring, bad trade, anything that happened in our division, hip, hip, hooray. The Phillies are a mess and a nightmare, and the Dave Dombrowski signing isn't going to help. He wasn't the only big signing yesterday, though. Segway alert. Segway alert. He wasn't the only big signing. Paul George is now a clipper. We know that. Remember, he became a Clipper last year. By the way, the Clippers were a straight dumpster fire. They fired their coach, Doc Rivers. They blamed their coach, Doc Rivers, for losing three in a row. to Denver Nuggets, who were down 3-1 in their playoff series, came back to win. All of a sudden, the ship started taking on water as though it had hit an iceberg. Found out that Kawhi Leonard was being treated differently. Found out Kawhi Leonard lived in San Diego and would be late to practice all the time. Found out that they were an absolute abject disaster in the bubble. They weren't ready to go. They weren't ready to play. They didn't have illegal workouts the way the Lakers did during the bubble break, the COVID break. Couldn't find their way out of a one-room escape room with no clues and no locks because they just didn't fit. So here's what the Clippers decided to do. We're going to make some changes. We're going to get rid of the sixth man of the year. Whose name is M.H. or his initials, Montrez Harrell. I knew the initials. I just couldn't remember the name. Thank you, Coca. Do you know today's Friday, Coca? Because you're acting like it's Tuesday. You're like on red alert today. Thank you. So the Clippers let their sixth man go across the locker room to the Lakers at Staples Arena. They bring in Serge Ibaka, the Toronto world champion. And yesterday they decided to sign Paul George to a maximum four-year extension for $176 million. Let me set the stage to what the Clippers are doing. They've got Kawhi Leonard getting paid $34 million this year. He then has a player option at $36 million. He's going to opt out of it. Then they're going to have to sign him to a player max deal. They've got Paul George this year signed, but then next year starts his four-year extension where he will make $176 over four years. That's $44 million a year. And the fourth year of that option, of that contract, is a player option at $48 million. So the Clippers thought that Doc Rivers was the issue, Montrez Harrell was the issue, but not Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, given load management, didn't play a lot of games together. They had zero chemistry on the court. Who knows what the chemistry off the court is, but that's overrated. I don't really care about off-the-court chemistry. You don't have to be friends. You don't have to hang out. You don't have to play darts. You don't have to play pool. You don't have to play ping pong. You don't have to go drinking. You've got to find a way to compliment each other on the court. You've got to be selfless. You've got to know where each other is going to be at every point on the floor during a play, during a fast break. You have to anticipate how many times did we watch the Clippers and there would be a pass thrown out of bounds, a turnover. And it was all because they weren't a team. Is Kawhi a selfish player? No, he's a world champion. Is Paul George a selfish player? That's a definite maybe. Is Paul George a world champion? No. I got a four-year wait to see, Coca. God knows where the world will be in four years. God knows where we'll be in four years. I lost a wait to see. about four months, Coca? I lost a wait to see when I said that the Clippers would win a world championship before the Lakers. Because I did not think that LeBron would be able to carry the Lakers to a title. And I was wrong, even though it was a COVID-shortened season. The Clippers, and I won't make this a way to see because I don't want to keep track of something for four years, but listen to me now and hear me later. Paul George signing this max extension is the death knell to a world championship in Los Angeles. The worst thing you can do when you run a team is to try to cover up your mistake by compounding it. It's okay to say you were wrong. It's okay to say that these players will not combine well and help us win a title. Move on. Get the cap space. Make a play for Giannis, who, probably, by the way, I'll sign his max extension with the Bucks within the next 10 days. There's always the next guy. But Steve Ballmer is so upset that he hasn't won yet. Remember, Steve Ballmer was Steve Cohn before Steve Cohn was Steve Cohn. Steve Ballmer wanted a championship within his first three to five years, thought it was going to be easy peasy. Good luck, Ty Lue. Good luck. Okay. Coca, let's do, let's do something fun now. You know what I want? <laughs> I want to talk to Samson. So you want to talk to Samson, hop onto Twitter at David P. Samson, hop into Instagram at David P. Samson, hit follow, hit subscribe to nothing personal. Tell your friends about the show, by the way, if you're liking it and you live in North Dakota or any other state or any other country, that's right. I'm looking at you, Canada. I'm looking at you, UK. I'm looking at you, Ireland. I'm looking at you, France. I'm looking at you, Australia. I've heard from people in all those countries and more hit subscribe, download nothing personal. Holy cow. Sorry. I just saw something totally crazy out the window. Literally, totally crazy. It's happening right now. There are three deer directly outside the window. What are they doing? I'm taking a picture of it. That's totally crazy. They just ran. I got a picture. I'll post that later. Sorry. We don't edit the show. That's live. That happens. When stuff happens, it happens. So you want to talk to Samson? is when you get in the Twitter and you ask a question. And the question you ask is as follows. Do you agree that professional athletes should get preferential treatment and line-skipping privileges for a vaccine distribution? Coca, I got to stop. Stop recording, Coca. Sorry about that. Okay, we're back. How does that look when you're watching this on or listening to this? Did you just get a little pause, a little break? Was there a wipe of the nothing personal logo? So here we are. So you want to talk to Samson. You asked the question and it's a complicated, serious question. And the question is, do you agree that professional athletes should get preferential treatment and line skipping privileges for a vaccine distribution? Why am I even bringing this up today? What happened that makes me want to talk about this? Well, word has come out that the NFL, that, you know, stop. Ready? Eight, nine, 50. Words come out yesterday from the NBA that they've come up with a vaccine protocol. NBA and Adam Silver have begun to discuss with the players and with the union and with agents how the whole vaccine distribution situation is gonna go. Will players be forced to take a vaccine for COVID? When will they be forced to do it if they are forced to do it? In what order will players get it? What will happen if some teams force players to get it but other teams do not? What happens if vaccines are available for some players in some cities but not in others? Will you be vaccinating players and their families? just players and their immediate families, players and anyone who players hang around with. What COVID protocols have to be followed for those who choose not to take a vaccine versus those who choose to take a vaccine? What happens if some players choose to take one in a city and others don't? What happens if it's only available in some cities and not others? What happens if you're on a court and you've got fans in the stands, some of whom took the vaccine, some of whom didn't? What if you've got a team that's fully vaccinated, but you allow fans in and none of them are vaccinated? If the fans are vaccinated, what do you do about the hot dog vendor and the popcorn maker and the bartender? There are a ton of questions surrounding the vaccine. We know that there are several American companies, including Pfizer who are producing the vaccine. And there is something called Operation Warp Speed at the federal level, where they're working on a distribution plan for the vaccine. We also know that there is a suggested order in which players get vaccinated. There's a suggested order in which all citizens of the US get vaccinated. There's an app or a something that was on the New York Times website that said, put in your age, put in your pre-existing conditions, put in your occupation, and we will tell you where you are in line to get vaccinated. So I did that just for fun. 52, no pre-existing conditions, healthy, a little cray-cray, but healthy. And I'm not a first responder. I'm not a healthcare worker. I'm not a teacher. I am not anything other than in your living room and in your ear for 45 minutes every day. Go. David, you are number 269 million in the United States to get vaccinated. In Broward County... You are 17 million. I tried different counties. I tried Bismarck. I tried Broward. I tried New York. I tried any county just to see what the differences were. I am right at the back of the line, slightly ahead of Coca, slightly because he's younger than I. Where do basketball players fit those without pre existing conditions? they're right there with me. Because there is no difference between working for CBS, having a podcast, working in a brewery, working in a chop shop, working at a network, working at a corner store, working at Amazon, working as a lawyer, working as a, what's another thing people do? Working on Wall Street, working in a factory, There is no difference being a professional athlete. Nope. You're right there with me. All of the professional basketball players without pre-existing conditions will be far below me, like by an extra million maybe, an extra 10 million. We're last, maybe sometime this summer if we're lucky. The National Hockey League came out and said, we are preparing to vaccinate everybody. And we are going to go into the private market to get these doses. The NBA is clearly going to do the same thing. I spent time on the Levitard show talking about this, but not enough time. I'd like to understand from you if you believe that professional athletes deserve to be amongst first responders, healthcare workers, people over 80, people with pre-existing conditions the yarn that is being spun for you is that it's important for professional athletes to be vaccinated because they're public figures. And if the public figures get vaccinated and don't die from the vaccination, they don't get COVID and they become immune, that will be very important because then non-celebrities, non-athletes, Ordinary guys like you and I, ordinary people like you and I, will look at these professional athletes and say, ah, if it's good for you, it's good for me. I'm in. I'll get vaccinated. That is the bullshit that people are saying in order to excuse what is an absolute reality. And the reality is money talks. If you've got the money, you will be able to access a vaccine. Not after first responders, not after healthcare workers, not after people at high risk, over 80 people in nursing homes, teachers. Nope. You'll get it first, immediately. So the NBA and the NHL are going into an educational phase, not a procurement phase, an educational phase where they are trying to teach their players about the vaccine and showing how safe it is and how effective it is. Do you remember when sports had been shut down during COVID? And do you remember when we were told that sports leagues aren't going to restart until there's enough tests available for all of the players and all the staff and everybody who would be involved in restarting, but they don't want to take tests away from people. They don't want to go around the rules and somehow find tests. Do you find it strange that all of the tests that are available for college athletes and pro athletes and all these sports? Yet many of you can't get a test or you stand online for four hours to get a test or it takes seven days to get your test results back. But in the NBA, they're getting them back within 12, 24 hours. Same with baseball and football, hockey. You didn't think for one New York minute that that didn't have anything to do with money, did you? You knew very well that it was absolute horse hockey that these sports were actually concerned about the general public. No. No. I was in the league for 18 years. I was the king of the concept of self-importance. My name is David Sampson, and I'm the president of a major league baseball team. Uh, I am important. I admit it. I absolutely admit to you that I fell under that spell, that I worked in this tiny corner of a universe that I thought I was a big deal. Turns out I was just David the whole time. Three years since I've been gone, I've actually found myself again, realized that that was a part I played, not who I was. So, do you think that it is ethical for the professional athletes to get the vaccines before anyone else? Do you think that you are going to be more comfortable getting a vaccine because you get a picture of LeBron James getting a shot in the arm and you'll say, hey, Anything he can do, I can do better. I can do anything better than him, except it's better than he. I don't know what that's from, actually. Hey, could you get to me at Twitter, David P. Sampson? Anything you can do, I can do better. I think it's from a Broadway play. I just can't think of it. So I do not agree that professional athletes should get preferential treatment because it is possible for these leagues to bubble. It is possible for these leagues We saw baseball was able to do it, even though Justin Turner obviously tested positive, got pulled from a World Series game. But it is possible that if you've got the strict protocols in place and that you've got players who behave, that you can play your games. Thank you, Coca. It's from the 1946 musical Annie Get Your Gun. How did you even find that, Coca? Did you like Google anything you can do? I can do better. Or did you quickly record what I was saying, play it into the microphone? And then it said, we don't understand that. That is the worst voice ever. Do you know that in car, here's a little side, a side note on my voice. I love saying, I love music. I love all of it. I love Broadway. I love songs. I have a pretty eclectic taste in music. I love Pandora where I can mix a bunch of different stations from Bruce Springsteen to Dean Lewis to Tom Petty. To Helen Ready. You mix them all, you shuffle, and you get this amazing music, actually. Pandora, you're not a sponsor, so I'm not saying it's Pandora. It doesn't have to be Pandora. It could be one of your competitors. I'm such a sellout. Come on, Pandora. No, I'm just kidding. So I love to sing. And in seventh grade, I had to take chorus, and that was before my voice changed. So I sang like this I had a very high voice. And then all of a sudden, my balls dropped. And my voice became like this. And the way chorus works is if you are at the high end of the octave range, you're on one side, if you're on the low end, I think it's soprano and baritone, you're on the other side. And I moved down the line during the course of like a month in chorus in seventh grade. can't remember the name of my chorus teacher. I think it was Mrs. Berman at Horace Man. And she said, David, move over. Red Rover, Red Rover, let David move over. Anyway, so I like to sing. I don't know why I was singing that Annie Get Your Gun song. Okay, back to So You Want to Talk to Samson. So I spent a lot of time last night when we prepared for this show, and I started thinking about what the NHL was doing and whether or not that actually made sense to me. And I realized that it doesn't matter because here's what's real. What's real is that when these vaccine doses become available, people with money are going to get them. People with power are going to get them and they are going to skip the line. I want you to think of Disney. Have you ever gotten those skip the line passes? Or have you ever been online for two hours waiting to go on Space Mountain and all of a sudden 20 people come in and they go in through the exit and get right on the ride? Or they go right in through the fast pass, even though you're not sure they have a fast pass. What time is your fast pass? My fast pass isn't for 20 minutes, so I'm on the slow line. That's what's going to happen with the vaccine distribution. And the problem is that we do not have enough vaccine doses to even vaccinate the people who really need it, the people who are in danger if they get COVID. And I'm not saying that it's good to get COVID if you're healthy, because it's not. We don't know what's going to happen in 20 years from now. We don't know how badly your lungs are going to be compromised. We don't know whether or not myocarditis is related to COVID and whether or not that's going to stay with you forever. We don't know the long term impact. We are in year one. Of this virus. And that's it. It may be a decade before we know. It is incumbent on our government to give a list and an order and to have an orderly distribution of the vaccine. Why are athletes or anyone with money, and this is not me being socialist, this is not me being liberal, I'm a pro business guy. You know that. I'm pro management. I absolutely understand the reality that if you've got money, you've got power. I get it. But the things that I like to get because I'm as fortunate as I am, it means that I'll get overnight shipping instead of standard free shipping. It means that I'll go to Disney and get the fast pass or get the tour where you get to skip the line. I remember I did Hollywood Horror Nights with my kids one year and I knew that to get to every house on Hollywood Horror Nights, I had to do the special tour because otherwise you spend the entire night waiting online line and I didn't want to do it. You zip in, you zip out. It's like going to Wisconsin. So I recognize that that means I'm privileged. And I recognize that it means I'm a baby because I don't like waiting for things or waiting on lines. I want immediate gratification at all times. I recognize that I want as many subscription services as possible. So when I want to watch a movie, I can watch a movie. Who am I killing? Tell me that. Am I in the way of anybody? Am I stopping you from doing anything? Yeah, you may be two minutes later on your ride. You may have to wait for an extra roller coaster on Thunder Mountain. It's not life or death. Leagues better be careful because you are playing with people's lives. If you are gonna use your money and power to get a vaccine before it's your turn to move up from 270 million in line to first at least stand up and say, here's why you're doing it, but here's what you're going to do to try to make up for the fact that you are valuing your business above other people's lives. And then I will say on nothing personal that I'm not buying what you're selling. Not for one second. When we come back, we're going to review a movie that I would not review on Levitard, yesterday's local hour, because I wanted it for you. It is a movie That stars someone named Riz Ahmed. It's called Sound of Metal. Hang in there. And we're also giving out some Hanukkah gifts. Just you wait. We'll be right back. The 82-game preseason is in the books, and it's finally time for the real season. Don't miss out on any of the NBA playoff action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. From the play-in tournament through the finals, DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered with same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. From what you've seen so far, do you think they'll be a first-time winner of the NBA championship? If the Pacers, Clippers, Suns, Magic, Pelicans, or T-Wolves win, you win at plus 650. That's six teams to root for, six chances to win. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SAMSON. New customers bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. That's code SAMSON, only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. Thank you for sticking around. I appreciate you. I watched a movie called Sound of Metal. Sound of Metal's with Riz Ahmed. It's also with a guy named Paul Rachi. It is about a metal drummer in a band. He's a hard metal drummer. He hits the drums really hard. And all of a sudden, he starts to go deaf. And then all of a sudden, he is deaf. He's a recovering addict, four years clean. The movie is about him going to a facility where they handle and help and teach people how to be deaf, and they teach people when they've got a change in circumstance like that how not to relapse and how to embrace your deafness. Paul Ratchie plays the head of this facility that Riz goes to. There is sign language throughout. Riz learned sign language for this role. I'd never heard of him. I'd never seen The Night of. I may have seen him in another movie, but I didn't remember. He deserves Academy Award consideration for this role. The movie itself, the tone of the movie is all based on the sound design. This is an Oscar winner in sound design. And the reason it's an Oscar winner is that part of the movie is silence Part of the movie is the muffled sounds that you hear as though you were deaf or going deaf. Part of the movie are the sounds like the, is it rustling of branches? That can't be the word, Coca. I don't know if branches rustle. The movement of branches and trees and fields, wheat fields and the sounds they make. The dilemma that deaf people face with whether or not to embrace being deaf and learn to live with being deaf, or do you spend your life trying to figure out whether you can afford to have a cochlear, cochlear, I'm saying that word wrong, implant to try to get your hearing back? The movie deals with how relationships change when individual circumstances change. What happens when the status quo changes? Sound of Metal will be around in April when the Oscars happen because they're not happening in February. Riz Ahmed is going to become an A-list superstar because the acting that he did, I actually thought that he was some sort of Shakespearean actor who I'd never heard of. He acts with his eyes. The end of the movie is an ending that I'm definitely not going to spoil. That is one of the best endings of any movie I've ever seen. And that is a major statement to make. It is a top 25 ending of all time. So when you're watching the movie and I ask you to take an hour 50 of your time, I don't know the running time, Coca, but I think it's probably 110 minutes. And I want you to put your phone down. Be undistracted. Focus in, because how many times have you sat around and said, would you rather be deaf? Would you rather lose your sight or your hearing? Have you ever played those games? Maybe I'm the only one. I love Children of a Lesser God. Won an Academy Award for Marley Matlin with William Hurt. If you're looking for a double feature about hearing impaired and what it's like, Children of a Lesser God, followed by Sound of Metal. It's a triple entendre, the name of the movie. Please enjoy it. Nothing personal pick of the day. We are 38 and 32. Hip, hip, hooray. Did you know the Ravens beat the Cowboys? Remember I said the cowboys were going to have a major problem, and they were not going to catch the WFTs or the New York Giants. Well, the Ravens got them. 38 and 32, they beat the cowboys by more than eight. I got a pick. Thank God we didn't get to the pick yesterday because I was going to go with the Patriots minus five over the Rams. But I didn't go with it. So, Coca, you're not allowed to count that as a loss. We are 38 and 32. We've got a weekend of games. I am focused on Russell Wilson, and I'm focused on the New York Jets. The New York Jets are so pissed off about Greg Williams and the defensive call he made in the final play against the Raiders that he got fired. We covered that in an earlier edition of nothing personal sometime either this week or last week, whenever Greg Williams got fired, the jets are getting 13 and a half points from the Seahawks. Guess what? The players are going to take this season into their own hands. They do not want to join the lions and Browns as being the only teams to have a donut in front of the dash. The dolphins had the donut behind the dash. The Patriots had the donut behind the dash. You don't want the donut before the dash. The jets will take it into their own hands And they will cover. They may even win the damn game, but you're getting 13 and a half. Take the Jets on Sunday. Okay, wait to see. We're going to do a Hanukkah edition. Happy Hanukkah, everybody. Tonight's the second night of Hanukkah. I actually posted on Instagram that I made latkes last night. I've never made latkes. Latkes are fried pancakes. You put potatoes, onions, and two eggs in a blender, you blend them until they're a little lumpy, not watery. You put it into a frying pan with a quarter inch of oil. You take a tablespoon with a pinch of salt and you make pancakes. Then you put them on a platter, put paper towels over them to try to soak up the grease. And you got yourself a latke, aka potato pancake. God, are they good. Put a little applesauce on there. Wait to see Hanukkah edition. Do you know how many nights of Hanukkah there are? Go listen to the Adam Sandler song. Eight nights of Hanukkah. I'm giving out eight presents. I did this on CBS Sports HQ this morning. I just want to, in case you weren't watching, on CBS Sports HQ, which you can stream 24 hours a day live, I gave a present to Steve Cohn. Wait to see. The Mets will sign Trevor Bauer. And then Trevor Bauer will bring the Bronx Zoo to Flushing, And Steve Cohn will get to overpower the Yankees, and that's his dream. You want the Bronx Zoo, Steve? You want to be the talk of New York? You're going to sign Trevor Bauer. Happy Hanukkah, Steve Cohn. Second night, I got a present for you, Marcelo Zuna. Wait to see. There will be the Universal DH. I think that already was a wait to see. But that will benefit you, Marcelo Zuna. I promise you. But I'm going to give you a present and guarantee you the Universal DH. Third night, I got a present for Philly fans. I know that I got on Dave Dombrowski. I know that I did. But my present for you is Dave Dombrowski is going to tell John Middleton that we better resign JT Realmuto, let James McCann go to the Mets for four years, overpay, bring back JT Realmuto, and Phillies fans can be happy that you have a chance to maybe win NGTH, but maybe. Happy Hanukkah, Phillies fans. Fourth night, Stu Sternberg. Happy Hanukkah, Stu. I got a present. Wait to see. The Tampa Bay Rays will average more than 10,000 fans once fans are allowed back because they will realize how much they missed watching baseball. And I promise you that you will not be able to make the joke that you made this week that you already do social distancing. You already follow all the COVID protocols because there's never more than 10,000 people in the stands. Well, there will be. Happy Hanukkah, Stu. Fifth night. I'm giving Mets fans a present and I'm going to make sure that the Mets do something that's good for their team by bringing in George Springer. Bauer, team him with DeGrom, maybe, maybe not. Him on a long-term deal, not so sure. George Springer, you're going to sign him. Mets get George Springer. Happy Hanukkah, Mets fans. Having him up the middle, that's going to help you. Sixth night, I got a present for Rob Manford and Tony Clark. It's called the contract extension because you are going to get us through this labor strife without a work stoppage, and your reward for getting along and playing like adults is that you will get contract extensions seventh night of Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah, Brian Cashman. I'm going to give you DJ LeMahieu and he will sign with you for under 80 million bucks. You can get him for maybe 72. And I'm going to give you a year of injury-free baseball. Stanton will play 150, the equivalent, of because I think the MLB season will be under 162. But Stanton won't be hurt. He'll play. Judge won't be hurt. He'll play. LeMahieu will come back and continue to be an MVP caliber player and you will get to show Hal Steinbrenner, hey, I got a contract extension coming up. Please sign me. Even though I did a wait to see that he won't be the Yankees GM after 2021. You're going to get TJ LeMayhew. Happy Hanukkah. And in conclusion, on the eighth night of Hanukkah, I've got a present for you, Coca. On the eighth night of Hanukkah, nothing personal gave to you. One trip to Europe. 100 listeners from Bismarck. And a partridge in a pear tree. My gift to you, Coca, is that we get a hundred new subscribers and a hundred new downloads for Bismarck, and that you get to go to Europe, as we talked about yesterday, with a friend. Could it be someone who you met on Ash Wednesday? Could it be someone from your hometown in Jizzy? Could it be someone you've never met and whose name you don't know? Who knows, Coca? but my Hanukkah present to you is a trip to Europe. Don't worry. I'll write it off. It's a business expense because Coca, it's just business. Happy Hanukkah, everybody.
0: mypatriotsupply.com